You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where each and every week we answer the questions that are on the nation's mind. And they let us know what's going on by they give us a call at 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is the inbox that we have used for over 10 years now. It's over a decade Wow! of that email. I was actually looking through, because wow. uh, I save almost all of them mm-hmm. that have come to the show. So mm-hmm. I went way, way back to what were some of the very first emails we got. And you know what? 10 years ago, a lot of the questions... Very similar. To Pretty similar. Yeah. Again, nothing new under the sun. There's really not, um, but that doesn't make it any less important to the people that are asking the question. Exactly. Because it's, when it impacts us or it impacts you, it matters. It's new to me. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, I, and that's what matters. And you are the one experiencing it. Uh, right. And that's what matters. Right. And I actually made me remember a quote from a fellow blogger friend mm-hmm. way back when, too. That she and her husband, she was the blogger, and she made a comment that when it came to marriage, that when one partner in the marriage had a problem, the marriage had a problem. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Right, and that's an interesting way to think about it because it's real easy to kind of get into, well, no, that's your problem, but no, 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 it still impacts me. There is impact. And so that's what matters. And as part of the nation here, uh, the problems that you face in the nation impact you and others because there's other people out there that are going to be in similar boats or heading into that problem more similarly, or they're coming out of it. Because there's mountains and valleys all the way through marriage. And just when you get in a valley, you know there's a mountain coming. And when there's a mountain, you know there's a valley somewhere. Potentially. <laughs> seasons of life. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, a couple of your questions and our answers. Uh, some themes that we've had over the coming weeks, over the past weeks, we've, we're going to kind of continue that thread okay. a little bit with some of the answers that are coming up to the questions that are being asked, as well as there's a little bit of follow-up to add to last week's episode uh, from a member of the nation. And then on the extended content, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We've got an email that came in, and we're going to, I'm going to, capture it with the idea it's a wife that's she describes herself as more dominant Mm -hmm. Um, but her husband takes the stance of well but when mama ain't happy nobody's happy which is a close cousin to the phrase happy wife equals happy life which is ridiculous and we want to unpack that in today's extended content so all that's coming up on today's show so this is an email that came in from a husband It says, hey, Corey, I love and appreciate your show. You've been a great help to me since I've been listening, and I can't thank you enough. Can you discuss how a recovering sex sex addict can navigate long-term abstinence in marriage in a healthy way? Here's my story for some perspective. I've been struggling with sex addiction, porn, and masturbation on and off for over 35 years. I did have a 10-year stint of sobriety during this time, then relapsed and struggled for four and a half years. I've been in recovery now for over three and a half years. I was completely sober for about three years, then slipped by watching porn one night in August of last year, had another slip on a night in November. As a result, my wife has decided that we should stop having sex until we can get some more counseling and healing. We have since discovered that our biggest concern is not necessarily the masturbation or the porn. It's actually the way that I've controlled and manipulated my wife to get sex from her over the past 23 years of our marriage. 
What I thought would be a 40-day period of abstinence has turned into over four months. It deeply hurts me that we cannot be intimate in this way right now. I know I've done a lot of damage in my marriage, and that I'm just reaping what I've sown, but it doesn't make this any easier. I feel like something major is missing in our relationship, but I don't think that she feels the same way. I've asked her to give me a time frame as to when she thinks she'd be ready to reintroduce sex into the marriage, but all she says is, it's going to be a long time. We have a strong relationship, great communication, and healthy connections in other ways, but we are, and we are seeing a counselor to help us receive more healing, but I feel like we're stuck in the no-sex zone. If you have any advice that can help me cope in a healthy way during this difficult time, I'd greatly appreciate it. So this is a tough one. Yeah. Because there's a lot of issues that are going on that Mm -hmm. play out in the relationship, but they're individual in nature. Right? Because we've touched on this before with the idea of sex sex addiction and pornography usage and masturbation. Mm -hmm. That most of the time that predates the marriage. Mm -hmm. Which it does in this situation. So... It's recognizing it's not her fault. She is not responsible for it. There's nothing on her other than she has the collateral damage from it. But most of the time, wives take this as, what's this about me? It's personal. Right? Yeah, well... It, it's and easy I to internalize it that way. They do often. I'm not picking up anything here about that necessarily. Um, so... Okay. Just throwing that out there. No, I, get I mean, you. she hasn't given her input. No, absolutely. This is just one side of the equation. But a lot of times what will happen with couples when they go through trying to deal with uh, these kinds of behaviors, these kinds of issues when they rear their head, is this is a difficult one because it's you have to re- reestablish your relationship with an aspect of your relationship. Or you cut it out entirely. If you're an alcoholic, it's pretty. E- it's not pretty easy, but it makes more sense to just stay away from bars, stay away from alcohol, just cut it out of your life, right? Sure. But if you want to have a sexual relationship and you're a sex addict, you have to redefine that relationship to that aspect of your life. Right, but when you're married, you expect for there to be sex happening. Correct. That's kind of an assumed part of the equation. I, and I may be derailing where you're going with this. But I, it seems like he talks a lot in we this, we that. Yes. And there's a lot of assumptions that they're both on the same page on all of these things when clearly they're not. Right. And I found it interesting that he says he's missing the sex. He's missing that aspect, but doesn't think that she thinks there's anything missing. Which is odd to me because if she's so adamant about there's things we got to get right before we can have sex again. Clearly, she thinks there's something missing. Okay. So I, I would think it would be important for her to kind of come out and figure out what it is that she thinks is missing. That That's a fair statement. The problem with it, with as far as the show is concerned, is we have no idea where she stands. But it is imperative, I think, what you're, what you're picking up on. It's important that he asks that question. Of, right. Hey, give me... The state of things as you see it, baby. Let me give you the state of things as I see it. So we see how far off we are on the goals we're, we're working towards. That's all I'm going after. Perfect. Is he's, he's got to get that information and realize, I, I think his perspective is off. 
Okay. She, there's something missing for her. For sure. Yeah. And that's where, you know, this is the, this is the thing that we have a tendency to do as humans. And when, when we have things that are going on in our relationships that aren't going the way we want, or we have things that are going on in our lives that are not going the way we want of our choosing or not of our doing or not, we have a tendency to Disneyland it when that's not the real story. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of we have a strong relationship, great communication, and a healthy connection in every other way. Do you? That's a better question of what do we really not, what are the topics that we can't bring up? What are the topics we don't talk about? And does mm-hmm. that mean, does that then equate to a healthy relationship? And that's a moving target. I realize yeah. that it's like average or normal. There's a huge variance in that of mm-hmm. what qualifies for that. But I think it's important to be honest about, okay, I realize what's going on and I'm reaping what I've sown. But this is also a, an equation in our marriage that we need to make sure we see it the same way. So I at least know where you, where you, how you see it. Well, uh, yeah. So back up. We don't need to necessarily make sure we see it the same way. Thank you. We need to make sure that we're diving into understanding how do I really see it? How do you really see right. it? Right. How far apart are we? What is the gap? <laughs> yeah, really? Because there, there is a gap. Thank you. That's a be- that's a better clarification. So that's one that's one step is to have that kind of a conversation. And then the other is so obviously sex with pornography, sex with actual sex addiction and the manipulation therein mm-hmm. in marriage, which is an aspect of what happens in marriages, mm-hmm. whether there's addiction or not, there is a level of how what what nefarious things do I have going on to manipulate my spouse into an act that I want them to be a part of? And that's really the sole purpose. I don't care if they really want to be a part of it. It's really, I just want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So un- uncovering that in ourselves just helps our own betterment of what I'm capable of, the, okay. the, the, the links I can stoop to. Like if I'm particularly interested in sex with you, I know, you know what? I'm going to surprise you with a beach vacation and that's a good chance that oh, that'll happen. Check that box is all I'm saying <laughs> right. right there. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and so for, as we wrap up today's show and heading the, <laughs> to the beach, um, no, but it's just, it's recognizing, okay, again, suspending judgment on it and just seeing it as that's what I'm capable of. I'm capable of being a manipulative being to get what I want. So the same thing you're asking of her to where are you in this? Mm-hmm own where you have been in this better of seeing it as, yeah, I have done these things because what she, what he could find is in some regards, it's not as negative as he's made it in his mind to her. He could, it could be, she's like, no, I've kind of enjoyed you've taken the lead in this regard. I've kind of enjoyed you've made this a priority in that regard. Take the sex and addiction and pornography out of it. But that's the higher desire, lower desire differences okay of you help set the stage to make this a priority that's a good thing what's underneath it no how it plays out that's where that's where you need to clean it up a little bit but it's kind of seeing the distinction in that of recognizing what you're capable of and owning that and then the other component of it is asking yourself sir questions of what do i seek sex for what is it really about is it an escape is it stress release? Mm-hmm. Is it anxiety relief? Is it help me sleep? Is it I feel boredom mm-hmm. this way? Um, is it I'm, I like the connection with another person? I like the fantasy. 
of it, with, with the pornography that I've sought out, you know, whatever it might be, where you can ask yourself the questions of what's the real motivator that I've got with this? So you can clean that up and express the sexual desire you have towards your wife in a cleaner way. Because she's going to see it as, I'm just a conduit to help your addiction. And that may be stuck in her head for a while. Right. And so you can't tell me if I'm wrong with this, because we've had a similar journey mm-hmm. with, my, with my past with porn and mm-hmm. masturbation as well. That there's a difference between, I could tell you my motivations, but what I, when I show you more consistently, that carries a whole lot more weight. That's and, the difference maker right there. Right. And so, but, the, but there still has to be an element of, even if sex is off the table as she sees it, and if she's laid this down of, it's going to be a long time, I believe you can still express sexually towards her without crossing a line, without forcing anything, without making an agenda or being manipulative. I think you can still be expressive in ways of that part of you. Yeah. I, I, obviously, you know better than I that all those things might be triggers. Yeah, every time there is right. a okay, this, innuendo, you're you're triggering something. Well, then this is where we get into the whole world. What we did a couple months back on the big T, little T traumas and triggers mm-hmm. of if every trigger means no go, third rail, we are lowest common denominator for the rest of our lives as a society and as people and as in, and as marriages. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's where ideally. You know, they're already going to counseling together Mm -hmm. and you just continue to look at this as a a journey that it doesn't heal overnight. It Mm -hmm. doesn't heal in 40 days. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the biggest step to help it heal, let's let's end it with this. Tell me what you think. The biggest step that I think of to help it heal in in her mind and in yours as, as the husband in this with the email is learning better how to operate in a manner that is sexual without forcing it, without manipulating it, and handling regardless of how the response is if I get what I want. It doesn't have to culminate in sex. I still show that passion. I still show that aspect of me. And it's not tied to I have to have sex with it. I think it's more important in that situation, though, to... to show um, in all parts of, in every part of marriage. And, and you're, my gut is saying in that period, you back off from okay. so much of the things that might trigger the bad sexual memories. Okay. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but cause I'm certainly not a counselor. I'm just thinking of, all the ways throughout your relationship that you do show your intentions, right? Here's my intentions right. of being um, a man of integrity. And loving her well. Love me well. Show integrity throughout mm-hmm. every aspect and react well. Right. And... Though all everything else then sets the stage for that section. Well, this is and of your uh, life. That's perfect because I think where we can land this one, this segment is is understanding the difference of 
the way I'm going to rebuild trust with her in this area of my life is different than how I create room for the hurt that I've caused or been culpable in helping yeah. create. And so I've, I need to learn how to be a better student of the two because the trust comes about with just op- operating more from character and integrity, mm-hmm. being more transparent, being more clear, letting, letting her map you cleanly, mm-hmm. even when it's not always good, but it's mapped. And then the hurt, dealing with the hurt, comes with showing I'm, I care, I'm compassionate. It's real, it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. But that also doesn't mean I have, to, I have to minimize it or apologize for things. Or, you know, it's just, if, I've, if I'm doing the work, I'm operating in a manner that allows me to walk alongside better, which then is the loving well, the caring for well, mm-hmm. the creating something better, because you both are basically trying to create something different within the context of a relationship that's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure the dad in your life is looking neat and trim this June. You can find their signature lawnmower 4.0 in the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 for the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this ex- exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SMR at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. So Manscaped is designed with fathers in mind, and the Performance Package 4.0 is here just in time for the dad in your life special day. Or you can even treat yourself this Father's Day. I'm not opposed to that idea at all because I am one of the 4 million men that have enjoyed Manscaped's um, ability to really help out when it comes to keeping neat and trim. So inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0, Trimmer Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. And in our house, Pam, you know this, our teenage son has even snagged some of the products from my stock. Yes, he has. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SMR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SMR. So another email came in that says, Dear Corey and Pam, I recently came across some old voicemails of my husband from back when we were dating. I swear it was from a completely different man. He would call me pet names, he had love in his voice, and he genuinely missed talking to me. I found myself swooning and melting at the man on the phone, and I looked at my husband with his face buried in his computer, and all at once my heart broke. I understand that the puppy love fades, but now it seems he doesn't even enjoy my company, let alone have the passion for me that he used to. For example, when we were dating, he used to read to me, and I absolutely loved it. He had a soothing voice, and it was so nice to sit in his arms and listen to my favorite stories. So flash forward to now, I ask him to read to me, and he says he doesn't have time between work and school and our children. Yet, I see him playing video games until 3 a.m. My heart is broken for what we've lost. I just want to be his biggest priority to him again because he is to me. I don't know who this man is, and it's making me turn into a woman that that I don't know. I'm snarky, sarcastic, and bitter. We've been married for six years, each year feeling more distant. I don't want this anymore. I need to know what I can do to change my part in this. I just want to feel love and know that I'm giving my love to someone that wants it. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you both greatly. 
So this is in a similar vein that I'm, I'm recognizing the two voice, the two messages coming in are, here's my predicament. Now, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Which is good because mm-hmm. that's the whole message of Sexy Marriage Radio in a lot of ways. Is I've got to I've got to address the person I have the most influence over, which is myself. Mm-hmm. So, what do you hear in this? To as we start, uh, well, obviously, change things aren't different. Things are different, right? Than when you're dating. Yeah, she recognizes the puppy love fades. She recognizes that. She recognizes that she's snarky, sarcastic, and bitter. Okay. And when I hear that, um, I think of the question that I ask myself, would I want to be married to me? Right, and that's what she's kind of touching on, too, and I think that's a cleaner way to ask that Yeah. of what she's saying at the end. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I just start asking that question. Okay, he's... He's acting in a way that does not make me feel wanted or loved. How am I acting in ways that would not be lovable? And what can I do about Mm -hmm. that to start off? Right. Um, I, yeah, things change and you got kids now. They've been married a little bit. He sounds like he's working and going to school. He's whipped, and the video games are his way to. And I say whipped. Well, you get tired. I th- well, I'm, his, I'm, his video I'm games, expressing my own issues here <laughs> through this. Going I'm projections tired. from Pam. How projections from Pam? How can I just find a little bit of me time for something that's not school, that's not work, that's not something right. I have to right. take care of? But if 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 it's legit that he's playing video games till 3 a.m., that's adding more fuel to this whole di- dilemma. Absolutely. Because now you're talking about sleep patterns being impacted for both of them, possibly. Right. So, so again, this is, I like what you're saying in this of, of one, you ask yourself the question of what I want to be married to me. And then secondarily, I think you ask yourself the questions or you, you have to understand that I can have these reactions to things that my reactions are what I need to look at, but what I'm reacting to is still legitimate. Certainly. It's, it's still pain. It still hurts. Because this is not at all like saying, well, stop being snarky. Stop being bitter. No, mm. that's not the reality of what life yeah, is. No, you're, re- you're reacting to something that is right. frustrating. But instead, it's addressing as clean as you can what it is you're seeing. Of not under the auspices of I just want you to be like we used to be because that's not dealing with the spouse I have. That's dealing with the spouse I wish they were. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things we keep coming across with the show is this idea of I need to address what's present, not what's missing. Mm-hmm. Because now they get defensive of, well, you used to. Well, of course, because he may be his, deep down wishes he would do that too. Mm-hmm. But he's gotten into the comfortable husband mentality of, I've already got you. I don't have to work to swoon and get you around as much anymore because you've already said I do. Right. And that's an excuse, but it's a reality of what's possible still. And so it's looking at this, how do you address what they are? What's going on? Mm-hmm. As clean as you can. Mm-hmm. Of I feel like I'm not appreciated. I feel like you don't even want to be around me. Yeah. I feel like you're not, you don't spend the time devoted towards me. I get, I'm competing with this. And I'm competing with that. 
And then once you can frame it that way, you make sure you're handling your 100% of the equation as best as you can that does fall into the, what I want to be married to me and the way I address these things. Mm-hmm. What I want to be married to me and the way I pursue something that I believe is valuable mm-hmm. and important and worth wanting to be with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that idea of if I really do want a passionate marriage, I better make sure my life is passionate too. Yeah. Right. That I'm living yeah. a passionate life outside of my marriage as well. Mm-hmm. Because I can't put too much stock on one person or a relationship filling things that I don't do myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I, the picture that comes to my mind, I don't hear this in this email, but the picture that comes to my mind when I think of s- some of the different clients and the threads we come across in the world today are I'm, I've fallen out of a boat and my arms are flailing around and I'm needing rescued and a Someone from the boat throws the life preserver, you know, the, the, the round life raft, yeah. raft to me that's on a rope, but it's six feet away from me. And I'm mad that they missed. Instead of swimming Instead to it. Instead of swimming to it. Mm-hmm. Because they've done what they could. They just missed. But I can still likely make the six feet. Yeah. And that's the, I earn integrity with that, which that's worth wanting. That's worth valuing. Whether he sees it or not, mm-hmm. you earn you. And so when you look at this of, I know what's missing and it, and it, it pains me because of what I see now, what's your self-respecting moves to address that and also present something that's more what you want it to be? And, and I guess, what are the moves? Right? Without, leave the sarcasm behind. You know, leave the snarkiness. So behind. figure out how to react in a better way. Figure out how to react in better ways. I think there is some calling out of there are general health things. Right, a good night's sleep, right, goes well, a long way. So do you actually call them out on? Well, so here's here's your sleep patterns. Let me give you this thing because you asked what are, what are what's the better moves. The first one is the times you recognize you've reacted in a snarky way or a bitter way. How quickly do you come back and own that? Apologize say, you know for what, acting honey? that way. I, I'm not taking, you know, and you don't have to say, say this in your mind. I'm not taking back what I'm reacting to. Mm-hmm. I'm taking back how I reacted. That's entirely different. Right? I don't, I, I was snarky with you on that. That's on me. I'm, I'm still frustrated by what went down. Yeah. But you didn't deserve the snark. That's a self-respecting move. Or... I shouldn't have been snarky. Yeah. In your mind, you might think they deserved it. <laughs> but if I'm wanting to be loved, but if I'm how, to, how difficult is it to love somebody that's snarky? If I want to be on a team together, right. we figure out how to make Because there needs to be work. some honesty, and the best thing you can do is lead that charge mm-hmm. with how you conduct yourself, and then you see who you're really with. Yeah, how would you want to be reacted to? And do they really want to be with you or not then? That's the, that's the real picture. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that by when you start lifting that way and, and dressing life that way, most of the time it puts a lot, or a lot cleaner pressure on my partner to act accordingly and, and deal with their side of the dilemma, or we really then are facing what we're facing. Yeah, and it's, it's not like it's easy to do that. It's no. hard to be the first person that takes that, for lack of a better phrase, that grown-up move of reacting well of owning what you see in yourself that may not be super lovable 
Right. It's hard to be the person that takes that first step, but the, uh, how proud you'll be of yourself for taking that step for making those moves. Um, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that translates into a a better dynamic in the marriage because Mm -hmm. of what you're creating to walk alongside with. Yeah. Hi, Corey and Pam. Just wanted to let you guys know when you take the time to answer emails on the show, we really enjoy it. It helps us feel more connected with the SMR nation and other married couples who are working toward their best marriage possible. Just makes us feel a little less lonely in our work. Hey, Pam, we had to pause that podcast cheer and laugh when you responded to the blowjob email with read between the legs. Uh, We both sat and talked about that for a while, and that line needs to be worked into every show. Well done, girl. I also wanted to leave a message for the newlywed couple who were searching for orgasm, especially those that have saved themselves for marriage. Um, I loved all of the suggestions that Corey had, and I really wish that I was in your friendship circle close enough to add with strong emphasis the benefit of seeing a pelvic floor therapist. The work of a great pelvic PT is beyond just post-pregnancy, post-C-section. It's a great safe place for any woman to go to learn exactly what the female anatomy needs to reach orgasm and to learn how to be able to welcome penetration as part of your intimate relationship. Pelvic PT is valuable no matter the age or the season of a woman's life, and it can change her intimate life in amazing and beautiful ways, no matter where she is in her journey. So I just wanted to really encourage uh, those that are Um, dealing with that issue to go and research um, seeing a a pelvic floor therapist. Thank you for all you guys do and keep up the great work. And we're going to leave it at that. And obviously, apparently, you know, people need to read between the legs. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of this when I heard this message come through. It was like sexy marriage radio. Helping frame conversations so that you can better read between the legs or something. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a lot of different things with that phrase. Uh, well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio, um, where, again, I love the fact that the nation helps out the nation. Yeah. Because obviously, one person, it's like we talked about at the very beginning of the show. Yeah. Questions that come in, they're real for the people. They are. They're, they're, they're important and they matter because it's that's what their experience is mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there's other people that have some resources, have some experience, have mm. some things that have helped them. That's what makes us all better. Yeah. That when people will call in, uh, leave, a, leave a message to help round out the conversation. So this personal plea again, join into the dialogue with us. Mm-hmm. So it's just not Pam and I's voice on every single episode. We want yours too. 214-702-9565 is how you can join in or let us know what we missed. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We'll see you next time.